the show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Electricity here in Columbia, what has been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams Bryce Stadium is second to none. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! You believe the Cops have won this game. Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert, Bill Molinax, my wife doesn't like hanging around losers, and Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined the dance All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Cinerama Studios and built by the Barndo Co. The Barndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, in Georgia, or in Tennessee, they are something to see. That's for sure. Spectacular is what they really are. One of the nation's best builders. We tell you about them every day. We're happy to be partnered with them, and I know that there are plenty of you all around the Southeast that are thrilled with what has been built on your property. The TheBarnDominiumCo.com. JC, JB, and Phil JC should be in here shortly. He is, it's been a wild few days for him traveling. It's going to be a long week as well, going kind of back and forth with his schedule, so we're kind of having to work around him. But it is Monday, and Gamecock football continues to prepare itself for the season lid lifter in Charlotte on Saturday, September the 2nd, 730 on ABC. We'll get into plenty of that. John Whittle is due up in about 20 minutes with the bigspur.com. And our first of every week for the next few months, talking ball with Pat DeMarco right here on Inside the Gamecocks. That will air at noon as part of our weekly programming. If you have not, you should be downloading the all-new Chief Sports app inside the Gamecocks. The show is part of the Chief Sports Network now. It is a free app. You can take us anywhere in the world. You can support our partners. There's probably something you'll need in there. And make sure you check them out first, whether you need something catered, bananas, or whatever it may be. Whatever it may be. And that partnership section will be filling up rather quickly uh, with our friends from all over the place. So check them out there. High School Scoreboard is there and J.C. and Morgan, and so much more, the Chief Sports app available in Apple and Google stores. Uh, realignment, Phil, of course, is the big topic across the country in college athletics. The bigger topic here locally, and J.C. will will definitely be able to help us out with this, is uh, South Carolina this weekend missing out on uh, Jalewis Solomon, who decided to head to Auburn. We felt like they would more than likely end up missing on Jonathan Paler. 
which they did. They did land a quarterback in the 2026 class, Landon Duckworth out of Alabama. Uh, That is good news. So quite a ways to go before we'll worry about stepping on campus. But the guys who would be part of next year's class, the 24 class, uh, have both uh, decided to go elsewhere, at least as it stands here early in the month of August. Hope you had a good weekend. What's up, man? Yeah, not bad, not bad. You know, keeping up with everything that's been going on has been tough. <laughs> Trying to follow all the realignment and things like that is is a challenge. Uh, saw one of my friends posted on Twitter uh, today that conference realignment business is like the transfer portal, but for entire schools. And I think that's a very accurate way to put it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, recruiting is never 100%, like JC always likes to remind us. But, uh, you know, lose a couple of guys, it's not all is lost. So, no. you know, just uh, have to take it with what it's worth and and keep moving on to the next one. Obviously, I think this uh, coaching staff is not out of the game with any recruit at this point, I think has been proved by Shane Beamer and company. And I'm sure they're going to continue to maintain relationships with folks and, and find new ones. Yeah, I you know, I think that we're in this crazy transition period right now, and we're all having to get used to it. And um, what I mean, I mean, Georgia missed – Georgia had a decommitment this weekend. Uh, they also lost out on a five-star who decided to go to Florida State, and, and my understanding of that was was they were a little surprised. I think they felt pretty good about it. Um, and, and so, you know, you've got – you have now multiple ways to – add to your roster you also have multiple ways to lose a prospect um you know it almost seems simpler when things were happening under the table where it was like hey i really like your school and i'd like to go there um on the down low what can you do for me and and that some of that would happen and then it was over you know they would commit and um there 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 she goes now it's a little bit more on top of the table and you have different stuff at your disposal, and you've got kids who are now making decisions uh, that are at least up front worth a lot more money than they were before. And you also have kids making decisions with the understanding that why not just look? I'm not. This is not a one size fits all conversation. You hear me say that that phrase a lot um, because I know that almost every situation is different. At the same time, now when you commit to a school and sign with that school. Bill, you are not obligated to stay there until the end of your uh, – until you get your degree or until you go in the draft. Not that you were before, but you had quite a hurdles that you would have to clear. You'd have to get approved by the NCAA, and then you would have to go sit out somewhere for a year before you could play again. But that's not the case anymore. And so a lot of these kids, you know, if they're getting some type of offer that is going to financially incentivize them to re- – sign with that school or at least commit to it. You're not supposed to be breaking the rules when that happens. But um, And I'm not saying this happens in every case now. I'm just saying if that happens, kids will go to school and understand that they can also leave after a year. And, you know, so you have a lot more freedom and flexibility to be able to control your collegiate career in whatever sport that may be. Of course, right now we're most notably talking about football. On the other side of that is the transfer portal. And that is where when you miss, if you know how to navigate it, and thus far, you know, Coach Beamer and his staff have been pretty good at navigating it, uh, they can go plug holes and where they need to plug holes 
and you don't have to like it, a recruit that if you miss out on a recruit, it doesn't cost you two to three years anymore. It, it really might not actually cost you at all. Uh, you might no. get to December and then you sign somebody in the portal who redshirted somewhere and he's going to come in next year and be a freshman just like that guy may be. So I don't, I understand, you know, fans get bent out of shape about a lot of, I'm not saying that they're wrong. I actually get it. I understand that. You want your football team, uh, your baseball team, your basketball team, whatever it may be, uh, to be able to, you know, to capitalize. Uh, you've got this groundswell of, of money coming in via collectives and things like that. There is misinformation that floats around out there. Um, and, and everybody wants to win. You know, they want the best players and they want to win. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Um, but I also think, you know, it is also important to remember that in this world that you're in now, and Shane Beamer has put themselves right in the thick of it with top-notch players, they're going to miss guys and things are going to happen. And it sucks, but it's going to happen and it's going to again. And it's probably going to happen sooner than we think. I'm not foreshadowing, by the way, anybody in particular. I'm just saying, you know, these things are going to come up. It used to be you felt really good about a kid. It's reported that that all looks good, and then that kid commits. Things are changing a little bit, and and everybody's having to get used to it. It is not at all exclusive to South Carolina. No, not at all. I mean, everybody everywhere is having to deal with this. And, and you know, what do you want? You know, you want – uh, uh, you want, you know, 25 welcome homes all for, you know, three-star kids that you're rolling the dice on from not just South Carolina, but, you know, all over the country? Or uh, do you want those, you know, targeted evaluations for local guys at the lower end that might have flown under the radar and then have, you know, being in the hunt and competing with, you know, kids that have national presence? So, uh, right. I, I mean, you know, it's you're this this program is growing in that you can see that their footprint is getting larger but it's not just that they're taking these you know unknown quantities from all over the country you're in it for four star five star guys and and in this current landscape you're going to have to put together a package or at least present an image of one to them that is appealing financially I mean, it just is what it is until it until it's not. <laughs> it's it's yeah. as simple as that, you know. I mean, you gotta. It's, it's a whole picture here. It's a whole picture here. Now, I mean, what I like is, you know, some of the players out there on social media are like, you know, giving us the equivalent of all we got is all we need, and you know, the guys that are here are are here for the team, for the school, for the coaches. And for the and for each other, and that's that's exactly what you got. I mean, you know, you got to play for each other at the at the end of the day. It all comes down to that. And and I think you know what what South Carolina has is an excellent core group of people that are uh, going to lead on the field. Yeah, and and let's all be honest about this too. Like when you hear things like that, you know the the uh, the new age phrases of all we got is all we need, and <laughs> this that and the other, whatever. Let's all be honest. You know, that's all just a bunch of hogwash. I mean, okay, you also need top-notch players. However, right. yeah. the 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 front that you want to put up is okay. We'll be fine. Let's move on. And and so I understand why that type of language is used 
when you miss on because because you, you know last week they landed five star Dylan Stewart. Seems like that's been a month ago now. It just happened. Uh, you know they beat everybody in the country for this kid. Everybody, Every dadgum program that's worth a damn in college football. South Carolina sacked him, and they took the best of defensive end in the whole class. But nobody was saying after he he committed. Well, all we got is all we need. You know, yeah, so right. it's, it's, it's <laughs> celebrating really a, a win. And I'm not calling you out, Phil. You're not. I, that's not the point of this. What, what I'm getting at here is it, it is really just bogus language to make yourselves feel better when you when you miss on a guy. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. if it's coming from the football team, you know, it is a good message to put out into the universe uh, or the baseball team or basketball team or whomever, because. That is what will at least keep you sane and keep you on track and, and keep rolling towards the next one. So, yeah, they look, they missed this weekend on, on both those guys, at least as it stands today. I, I'm not totally sure that the door for either one is completely shut. It really never is until you actually sign. Uh, you know, right now I'd say it's probably not looking great, but, you know, you go out and win games. Look, if Carolina rolls off a nice eight and four type record, nine and three, something like that, this all, you might change a mind or two. Uh, who knows? You just don't know. And so we'll get JC to fill us in on what is left on the board. We do know that they are 16 days or so away from uh, the commitment of Daniel Hill. And in the Nanosports chat box, uh, Charles chimed in and said Georgia did beat Alabama for a five-star running back, which isn't shocking. Georgia signs one or two of those a year, right, Charles? Um, and uh, he goes on to say now Bama is going to ratchet up the pressure to get Daniel Hill to commit to them, so we will have to fight Nick Saban even harder. Well, that's true. I would add a little bit to that as well in the fact that um, uh, in, this is going to sound kind of snooty, Charles, but I, please forgive me. I don't want it to come off that way. Um, Bama, they, they have been ratcheting up the pressure on Daniel Hill. They, they, he is a major priority for them, and he has been because they knew – well, number one, they like him as a player. Uh, but number two, they knew that there's a chance that they could lose running backs to other programs that they were recruiting. Um, so that's, that's not news and is not new. However – to his point here, Alabama does not have a running back in their 2024 signing class committed. Uh, so, you know, in South Carolina does have one. That's so, interesting. With the, you know, we have this image of Nick Saban in our head, right? I mean, just from the old teams he's had, they're just power run game, solid defense. I'll, I know Nick has evolved <laughs> over the past yeah. couple of years and, and embraced yeah. more of a passing concept. But the idea that there are no 2024 running backs for Alabama at this mm-hmm. point is just nuts <laughs> to me. I mean, completely crazy. Now, the transfer portal changes that, too. Just like it does for South Carolina, you have the ability to go in there and pull from wherever. Uh, if you do not sign a top freshman out of high school, uh, but just odd at this stage in the game that Alabama wouldn't have one already kind of locked up. Yeah, exactly. No, it is. And and I think, and to Charles' point there in the Nana Sports chat box, I get it. I absolutely understand that. You know, it's – it. You, you, Sounds strange, so I don't really want to use the word, but you know, it almost feels a little bit desperate. Uh, on you know, Alabama's looking for a running back, but insert name whomever. It, South Carolina is too. 
you know, Georgia, if they didn't have a running back and this was one of the, the top of their board, yeah, it would seem – yeah, so absolutely. They're going to they're gonna throw the kitchen sink at him, and they're going to try to get him. And Carolina feels pretty good about it right now, but they felt pretty good about the last couple of guys that went elsewhere. So, you know, they're going to have to they're going to have to do what they can. Big Rooster said what Auburn did was dirty, so it's not the same. Uh, I'm not sure, not the same as what, but yeah, hey, recruiting is dirty, and uh, Hugh Freeze has always been able to do that. So they got him. Uh, Driftwood said Stewart visited over ten times. I think he wants to be there. I doubt we outbid Ohio State. UGA, Bama, LOL. Well, I didn't say that Carolina outbid them. I said they out-recruited them. Um, yeah, it's the complete package. I mean, yeah, I, I, is not just, I just talking about to families. No, yeah, it, it's all about everything. It's less about facilities and things like that as it was, you know, say, oh, I don't know, 20 years ago. Uh, but South Carolina has everything to offer that everywhere else does, especially when it comes to, you know, the ability. Here, here's the deal. Of these top kids, they have their eyes set on three years and then moving up to the league. Yeah. And South Carolina has a consistent track record of being able to, to, to continue to put players in the league. So long as they keep doing that, keep the momentum up in the wins and losses column, then they will come. <laughs> you yeah. know, we have built yeah. it and they will come. <laughs> right. You've signed right. two five stars in six months. When did we have, when have we done that from out of state? Uh, never. I'm thinking uh, it's actually, never, right? Yeah, yeah. It's never so, happened. yeah, yeah. You're gonna lose some. Uh, it sucks to lose big time players to other programs. Auburn is making a huge push right now, and it just, you know, it is what it is. But the way it happened, like you say, like you like to say, JB, Shane Beamer keeps receipts. So yeah, he does. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how all this plays. Out. He, he does. He's he's. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh he's pretty good at that. Um and but it's you know it's not over. It's we'll we'll no. find out what will what happened. Uh Driftwood, I must uh, yeah, I'm my bad. I certainly must have uh missed something in the chat box. I try to look at it less and less these days, just an FYI to everybody. <laughs> because it's hard to keep up with live there's, too. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's, some, there's some things that there's also some stuff that pops up that I'm like, yeah, I'm not not going to talk about that. Uh, the latest on realignment, we will certainly come back to it here in programming. I'm assuming all of you who are watching or listening uh, to this show right now uh, are not just crawling out from underneath a rock for the last seven plus days, but the Big Ten has now officially added Oregon and Washington, and the Big 12 accepted applications from Arizona, Arizona State, Arizona State, and Utah. There are now four left in the Pac-12. And any more uh, deflections would, I guess you could call that Tupac. <laughs> I, I came up with that on my own. I'm sorry. See I just what had, you did there. That's not oh, I was thinking about it the other night. You while worked I was that all vodka, weekend, I, didn't you? Yeah. You were the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I think I, I think somebody's reopened the Tupac case. This is, this is kind of an FYI. I thought I read I did. Somewhere. I did see a headline on that. I, I did not click it, though. I, was, I have yet to click that. But, uh, you know, hey, I made an offer to the Pac-12 for us to host here on Chief Sports Network. So that was, a you know, kind of a starting bid there, you know, yeah. see if they come back with something. But uh, I might have a little bit of – might be able to find two rolls of quarters. <laughs> Look, yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to – we don't have to we'll just cut a trade with them we'll just we'll just yeah. do that yeah we'll just yeah we can work out some sort of deal but we'd have we'll to stream you know pack 12 football on our uh, on our sure. network 
Yeah, they can pay us. I can do that. That'd yeah. be fun. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, it is 11.20. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. I, I texted Michelle this weekend because I need to go pick. Speaking of trade, I'm, I'm going to pick up something here soon, and I will be. Uh, you will be able to monitor my upper pec progress, changing the game here so I can fill my shirts out a little bit better. I'd rather fill them out up top than on the bottom. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so yeah. I'm looking at getting one of those rowers that's like the Peloton rower. You can row like 4,000 bodies of water in the world. It, like you're in the water watching the screen. It's pretty neat. So I texted her and I said, I, I think I can swing by today. And she texts me back, hey, I'm in Hawaii. <laughs> I said, it's like the state. All right. Somebody's got to do it. But this is why you should always buy any workout equipment, pow- bikes, whatever it is. From Michelle Wilkins and her staff at Electric Bites in Charleston or Charleston Fitness Equipment, you know what her response was? We had to get it in before football season. Nice. Uh, You know. You know. That's somebody with their priorities. You don't travel during football season. You don't get married during football season. And you don't die during football season. You make all that crap wait until February. And then you can do whatever you want to do, February through, you know, mid-August or so. All right, uh, we got to hit a timeout when we return. The great and very talented John Whittle with the Big Spur right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manus, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everybody, this is Mo Copper from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com.
Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you in the first hour by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call at 864-414-5271 for all your upstate residential real estate needs. And John is at 1130. Oh. <laughs> I whittle on at 1130. That's all right. Oh, that's okay. That's yeah. Uh... yeah. That's good because we can kind of squeeze back into some of the tree alignment stuff yeah. uh, before he uh, uh, before he he jumps in here. I you now it's pretty much Florida State on the clock, so they're uh, what are they what, what do they feel eight days from the deadline that they would have to notify? Yeah, so, the fifteenth, fifteenth. It's the fifteenth, right? Okay. So what happens? I think they, I think they're, I, I just, there, there's, there's only one of two things that could be happening here, right? They're either a trying to be, I don't know if it would be one, the other, or both, but use what they feel like is their power to scare the ACC and Disney into some type of new TV deal, or at least bring them back to the table to talk about it. If they can do that, I'm not sure. Or they're really trying to get out. I think they're really trying to get out. Yeah, I think so too. I think they're, I think they're kind of, you know, and I don't know if it's like a, a panic move or a rushed kind of thing, but I, I, I just, I think they see bigger dollar signs elsewhere and are ready to go. Uh, the problem is where, where? <laughs> where, where are you going? Where are we going to run to, FSU? <laughs> Big I, Ten? I, <laughs> maybe. I think they, I, they don't have 20 yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. They're working on it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they're a program that would be heavily courted if they are free and clear, uh, or at least affordable. If you want to put it that way, you know, if they yeah. tap into this JP Morgan, you know, PE stuff, private equity funds, which again, as I mentioned last week, if they start, if they do that and they basically buy their way out of the contract and it, it, alone, they pay it back with interest. Every bank in America is going to be every college out there. Hey, you want to get out? Here's what we'll do. Yeah. That's, that sets um, a precedent that I think is not, not the good. Right way. No, well, it's not. you could go even further than that. I mean, look what just happened to golf. You know, I mean, it, it, what yeah. is it a matter of when, not if, that you get Saudi money in college football? For God's sakes, could you imagine? I mean, it's not good. You know, we, we'll look up in 20 years and wonder what, what happened. What did we do? And I don't think I'm really far fetched by saying I'm not like a big, like, let me say something to freak everybody out type guy. I mean, no. I can barely get through the next 30 minutes of my life. I'm not really looking ahead 20 years, but, you know, it, it, it would, I care about college athletics like deeply. I know you do, and I know everybody else here does, or else they wouldn't be here. And, you know, millions and millions of hundreds of millions of Americans deeply care about college athletics. Uh, you know, you start cracking those doors in lieu of more money, more money, more money, more money, more money. At some point in time, the wall gets torn down. So I don't know, but I, 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 I think Florida state really does want out. Let me ask you this outside of Clemson, seriously, outside of Clemson in the ACC, 
Who is Florida State a rival with? Oh, within the conference? Within the league. I would. I mean, you know, I guess your strongest argument there is Miami. <laughs> Just being in state. Yeah. I don't know if they feel. I feel like Miami feels they're more of a, uh, you know. Well, rival than Florida State. So I don't think that, you know, goes both ways. <laughs> no. Yeah. And and I hear you. And Charles and Quantrell both said the same thing in Miami. I, I get it. I get it. What is that rivalry like when one or the other isn't any good or both? I mean, not, we're just now coming out of that. It's not much of a you rivalry. Know, it hasn't it, it hasn't it's, been very exciting. It hasn't no. yeah, it's not must watch TV when Florida State it's and not. Miami play. No. I agree. <laughs> and and you know what? I and I'm not saying because it, it's considered one of the better national rivalries out there. Okay. Um, and I respect that. I have so much respect for it. And and look, when if if Carolina isn't very good, which more recently that's been the case in, in the Clemson South Carolina rivalry. Um or if Clemson, the years that they weren't very good or years where both of them weren't very good. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's some big national can't-miss game. Army and Navy are rarely both very good. And everybody watches the game, but that's America's game. No, oh, that's different. Uh, yeah, that's – yeah. Oh, let's bring John in and we'll get his opinion on it too here. Let's I, I, everybody's always going to watch it. Everybody seemingly always watches Auburn and Alabama. But I can tell you this, even if South Carolina and Clemson are both terrible, the place is going to be packed. That is not the case in the Florida State Miami game. You know, you just have to go back to the tape to prove that. Now it is Florida State and Florida play each other. That's true. So I guess what I'm getting at here is outside of Clemson, and uh, we'll get John's quick thoughts on this before we dive into Cox stuff. Outside of Clemson, I'm not sure that there's like some boatload of programs that they just can't miss playing every year by going to another league. I, I think they're they'd be just fine going off to the Big Ten or wherever they landed. What do you think, John? I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, if they were – it had been a highly ranked team here for a while and and uh, teams were pulling upsets or something on them, then, then maybe. But, there, I mean, there's no real real competitiveness there. I, I mean, I can't think of a game that Florida State fans really circle um, apart from that Clemson game. So I, I'm with you. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, it, they circle it when the when their opponent is good. If NC State is having a really good year, that becomes a big game. Uh, if Virginia Tech, that becomes a big game. There was a time when that was a, a, a neat series to watch, and Virginia Tech had well, been Florida very good. Florida State's lost their luster too. I mean, let's not let's not pretend that there's some hot shot anymore. Like there, there's still a little bit of a brand name, but not nearly as much as they used to be. And I, I think they're going to be good this year. Like, I, I, I think do. they're going to win some games and, and be be really good and contend for the ACC. So uh, I, I don't want to give off vibes that, that I think Florida State is always going to be down. But, you know, they haven't really done enough here the last 10 years to come out and, and demand yeah. uh, that the demand what they're demanding and, and act like they're high and mighty on on uh, in, in the stage of college football. I agree with that. Guys, I think if Florida State would be where they were five, six years ago when they were really struggling to even try to get to 500, this conversation would not be as large as it's become. But they they feel like they're on the doorstep, at least, of kind of being what they once were. They feel like they're there. So we'll just have to see. And that's just in football. Uh, We hadn't even 
discuss the other sports. I, who knows what happens? John, do they do they submit a letter of an exit letter to the ACC by August the fifteenth? Yes or no? No. Uh-uh. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's see. We got whittled down for no. We've got Phil for no contest. We have. No JC. Period. We don't even know where the hell he is. And, and then, and then we got okay. All right, uh, John. The ACC do I need to go to drive around Columbia and try to find him? That's sorry, what yeah, I, please. That's yeah, what yeah, I thought. I was APB like, out for uh, he's back JC in the south, sure. right? Like they didn't, they didn't hold him hostage up there in in Chicago today, did they? He's now. I've we've been texting with him. He's having. He's he'll be here. Yeah. <laughs> getting through some technical difficulties there with the uh, yeah. Yeah. the move. He'll be here yeah. at some point after right now, right? Yeah, at some yeah. point in time. We'll, we'll, we'll tomorrow. See. That's after today. That's after right some, now. In the future. He might see uh, Whittle. In the program. Uh, or uh, Phil, he might be over getting fitted at uh, – well, well, we'll get to that later. But oh, yeah. Getting, oh, yeah. You know, yeah that's right. Fitted. All right, uh, John, before we get into football, uh want to just get a couple of quick scoops on the hoops front and the diamond from you. Uh, basketball in the Bahamas. Uh, tell us what you know about that trip. Yes, they're they're still down there. They, they got an off day today, so they're just laying on the beach right now, or going out on a boat, or doing something that you know I think we all wish we could be doing. Um, yeah. So they're they're hanging out, but it, it's been it's been a good trip down there. They've played a couple of games, one by twenty six and one by thirty nine, and certainly not going to pretend that the competition level is is very good. I mean, it's probably not even a weak Division one kind of team, uh, may, maybe a Division two kind of team uh, if, if we're going to try to relate. So. You know, it's, it's not great competition, but at the end of the day, there are players out there with some size and a pulse, and you have to move the ball around and, and play a little defense and, and hit some shots, and, and they, they've done they've done okay. They, they've done okay. I, I like the fact that they've got uh, – it seems like a really good passing team at, down there. Uh, they, they've had a lot of assists, very few turnovers, made their shots. Uh, so it's, it's been, uh, been a good trip. I like well, to hear that. That ball movement was one of my biggest issues last year. <laughs> you didn't like, like watch me keep jacking it up from 26 feet or Gigi I mean, you know, one-on-one every time? I, at this point, I'm like, I, I look back on it, you know, after seeing the your article, actually, I believe it was about, you know, the, the beating the Argentine club team. And uh, <laughs> I was reflecting on last season, and I was like, you know what, let's just give – We'll give Paris and uh, a, a pass on the GG year and see what happens this year. <laughs> fair well, I mean, hey, look to to be fair here, uh, you know, to to John's point. I mean, we've also seen them, you know, get beat by like Augusta State, and you know that did program. happen. Yes, that, that's yes, happened before. Uh, matter of fact, I looked at the schedule. Uh, that because that was back in 28 2019 every game on the schedule has a uh, has a score win or loss there is not one for the augusta state augusta university game. <laughs> so hats off to whoever did that all right exhibition so game. exhibition game oh <laughs> so it doesn't matter but all the other exhibition games that they won every other year has a, has a score uh, next to it um Okay, John, uh, baseball, they should be reporting here in the next couple of weeks. Any news from the ba- from the baseball front for Carolina? There's grass out there. Okay. All right. Now <laughs> to is, tennis. Wh- I'm just kidding. Which is a development. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, a, uh, they, well, they are ho- – hey, they're, you know what, though? They are hosting the Palmetto Games here this week. And, they are. 
that's they are. great, that's great news for the diamond prospects guys. Yeah, yeah it, so is. it was, uh, I think it was about two or three weeks ago that they didn't, didn't even have grass down. They, they took out all the grass and redid a bunch of the irrigation and just, just redid everything. So, uh, but grass on the field is taken pretty well. I was out there the other day and looks very nice. So, uh, in, in terms of personnel, nothing, nothing really new. I, I don't think, to, to, uh, to, to run down, you know, some guys are starting to, to uh, throw some baseballs again. Uh, Ricky Williams is starting to toss a baseball. Michael Polk, the incoming kid from Georgia, is starting to, to toss a baseball. Roman Kimball's starting to, to uh, throw some change-ups. Um, you know, nothing, nothing crazy to report right now, but everybody's on track to, uh, to be here. Four, 48 guys in total. Ooh, those are like the that's like the old days of college baseball. How, <laughs> how many how many can we squeeze out here? Well, it's, right. it's certainly a big number, but you know it, it pales in comparison to what Tennessee does. Tennessee brings in about sixty each year, so that's, which they have two practices. I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable. Man, come on, but, that's ridiculous. Well, it, it, the fact that you mentioned the grass, this is a great time to uh, it, at least back up something that is well known if you have ever been to founders park or prior to at the sarge south carolina has the best grounds crew in college baseball and probably one of the best grounds crews in the country period at any level they are remarkable with what they do over there so i hats thought off you were going to drop in an advertiser right there that was, uh, he, it he did sound like he was setting that up for a new yeah. uh yeah you know so have, landscape so. companies well uh, that would be a good time <laughs> for signorama all yeah, the signs yeah. are from yeah. That's there Matt Bond's team. There you go, Signorama. All right, John on the uh, on the football field uh, coming off the weekend. You know, couple of practices down. What are you hearing? Oh, uh, just getting started. Just getting started. But um, you know, they'll. I think full pads go on today for the first time. Today's practice okay. five. Uh, so, so I mean, this is kind of really when it gets going. Uh, some guys have made some adjustments being out there in terms of being out there in the heat. 90, 95 mile an hour heat every day. I saw Sid, Sidney Fugar uh, that that open practice. They they were in stretch period, and he looked like he had just gotten out of the shower. He was looking everywhere for a water bottle to to uh, to spray down his face and his head to, to cool down. So you know, it's just it's uh, they're they're getting they're getting going right now. But uh, you know, there there have been there is is certainly looking forward to this week when it really gets cranked up with full pads and then a scrimmage this weekend, first scrimmage this weekend. Poor Sydney guy came from what Western Illinois. <laughs> he, he, we met him at the NIL thing. You're like, how you doing? He's like, man, it's hot as hell out here. I said, it's 80. You got a long way to go. <laughs> that was in April. He hadn't even figured it out yet. He is a big man, though, John. I, I, I like what he brings to the table, and I think that they're pretty encouraged early on. You know, the fact that you mentioned Sidney Fugar's name about what he's what he's been able to do. Shane has been pretty open in saying they feel like they're going to probably play seven or eight guys. And right now, I, I you know, it's early, but we probably consider him one of those eight. Yeah, I mean, he's he's there competing for that uh, left tackle spot and, and and maybe some right tackle, too. He's playing playing both positions. And, you know, those I mean, uh, the spots seem to be open a little bit. I mean, you have Ja'Kai Moore and Tyshawn Wanamaker there, the left and the right side, and those guys have started started before. But you know, there's some there's some competition there for sure. 
there's some guys with some position flexibility. Jackson Hughes from Charlotte is a is a transfer in here who who uh, has started a couple of years up there in Charlotte and has some position flexibility, but he's, he's working at left tackle and, you know, Wanamaker can always move inside. It's, uh, you know, I, I, the offensive line is really one of the most, is probably the most intriguing position to me in terms of, you know, how things are going to progress there, both, both from a starting standpoint and a, and a rotation standpoint. The great John Whittle with the bigspur.com 1141 here on this Monday, August the 7th. We are counting down the days until kickoff. Speaking of lefts and rights, I bet the next time somebody asks Tim Anderson for a for help up, he'll 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 grant it because he got knocked the you know what out in that fight over the weekend uh between the White Sox and the Indians. Um what about hey, let's drop in another advertiser. Meredith McKellar can get your swing looking like Ramirez's. Yeah, that's that's, that's good. Right. <laughs> that's right. Your ball will go further than Tim Anderson went. Uh, uh, John, to carry on Joiner, what are we hearing about to carry on Joiner? Yeah, I mean, it, starting running back. I mean, it, it's really simple right now. He, he's the number one. Uh, he's he's a guy who who can do the most. Uh, provides the most ability outside the tackle in the pass game, uh, blocking in the run game, can run between the tackles. Uh, I mean, he's the most balanced guy, most do-it-all guy that, that you have in that room right now. Uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, a Juju McDowell isn't going to play some, and that doesn't mean a DJ Braswell and Mario Anderson aren't going to get their chance. But but the carry-ons, you know, head and shoulders right now uh, above the rest of those guys. So, um you know the fact that he's he's adjusted to that position so well, I think is is uh, not all that surprising, uh, considering some of his traits as a player and and uh, some of the intangibles he brings as well, some of the smarts that he brings, and and uh, you know he's been a part of a part of uh, you know the offense in almost every position except for left guard. So you know he's he's done it all, uh, and I I think he's going to take to that spot rather nicely. I'm not predicting all SEC or anything like that, but I don't think South Carolina's run game is, is going to be any kind of embarrassment to, to what an offense should be. That's a really, really unique uh, comment because I know a lot of people, of course, have been worried. The depth is coming from a true freshman in DJ Braswell, and last week Beamer even said during his press conference he might be a little bit faster than I, than I thought he was. How fast is this kid? I think he ran a 10-8 in the 100 meters in, in, a, in a track event to win the state championship uh, at his level, uh, 2A down in Florida uh, back his junior year. So uh, he can he can get get it pretty good, get after it pretty good. Um, you know, Will, he was a summer enrollee, and, and that always gives me a little bit of a pause in terms of, you know, how much they're going to be ready to contribute. You like seeing those January guys, but, that you know, certainly a, a summer guy doesn't mean you can't do it, but – you know, there, there are also some older guys in there, too. Like Mario Anderson's been around football for a long time. You know, it's been at Newberry, but he's he's been in it. Uh, Juju McDowell, he's been in it. You know, he may not be the most physical. He may not be the most sturdy and pass protection, uh, but he, he's been in it, and DeCarrion's been in it, obviously. So, you know, they, they don't have to just jump straight to DJ if he if he's not ready. So they, they got some they got some guys with some traits who can who can be productive. All right, John, on the defensive side of the football, I'm going to read a, a quote here uh, that was written on the Big Spur by uh, one a pretty good writer, a guy named John Whittle. As a matter, well, that's you. Okay. Uh, so 
Uh, Torian Gray speaking on Marcellus Dial. Uh, quote, he's got the athletic ability to be the guy, to be a guy in this conference. He's shown he can make plays on this level. Now he has the confidence with the way he ended last season. All the snaps he's played over the last two years, he knows he can be a guy. Over the summer, he changed his body. He's ripped up, he's thicked up, and he's put on weight. Now physically, he has all the intangibles. Hey, I'm this number one guy now. I'm not playing with Cam and Rush. I can be the guy, and we need him to be. Long quote, I know, but that's probably the third or fourth quote I think I've seen from Torian Gray or coaches on the defensive side over the last couple of months when being asked about Marcellus and also O'Donnell Fortune, that they want them to understand that they're pretty good. Almost like a confidence builder type thing. Do you get a similar feel? I do. I do. And, you know, both of those guys have had had roles, uh, specifically Marcellus. I mean, Marcellus has has some starts to his credit. You know, O'Donnell played a, a much bigger role as, as the season went on and certainly in the bowl game. Um, but there was always some comfort there knowing that they had Cam Smith and they had Darius Rush and they've had, I mean, good cornerbacks before them. Um, but now the the weight is on them. They're they're supposed to be the dudes, and, and South Carolina has has had a, a pretty good history at that cornerback position and, and producing some guys. So you 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 want to keep uh, you want to keep that tradition going and and continue to to be NFL draft picks and so forth and 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 Marcellus and and uh, and, and and O'Donnell, uh, but specifically Marcellus. You know, I, I mean, I think he can. He can be really, really good this year, one of the better guys in the SEC. But it's, it's a matter of, of him stepping up and, and embracing that role. And I certainly agree with you that those that the coaches, whether it's Clayton White or Torian Gray or who, whomever, are trying to you know instill that confidence in them. Because <laughs> I, I won't say that we know this from experience, but you certainly need some some confidence and some swagger and a short memory to be a great cornerback. And, and uh, you know, they they – the coaches are trying to instill some of that in those guys. Yeah, I, uh, when, when we had the chance to spend some time with him, first of all, he's a good kid. Marcelo Style is a good kid. And um, he, a little boy, asked him, or I asked this kid who was getting an autograph, I said, how many interceptions do you think that Marcellus will have this year? And he said three. And Marcellus looked at him and said, three? I'm going to have at least six. I thought, well, that's a good, that's okay. Now we're okay. We're, we're doing something here. Who would be behind them, John, as it stood, if they re- released a depth chart today? Um, you know, they're the talk speaking with, speaking with Tori and gray, there are, uh, that that's, that's kind of the key of what he's looking for, you know, this all season in terms of who, who's going to step up and, and, and be, be one of those guys. Uh, Vicari Swain is somebody who could, who could do it? Uh, Judge Collier, a true freshman, is somebody who could do it. Uh, Emery Floyd is working at corner. He's somebody who who could do it. There's really not been much separation. Keenan Nelson is is has the capability. Uh, Kawan Banks, you know, there's there's a lot back there uh, from a secondary standpoint that's young that they're still kind of trying to to piece together on, on where they're where they're going to be. Some guys are working at corner. Some are working at at nickel and safety, uh, but. Those guys have those guys have some quality traits on on uh, and and I I think that's going to be something that evolves over the course of the year too like like with Vakari Swain like he may not be ready right now but week six he might be ready to roll so I I, I do think that um, you know those cornerback spots behind those top two are, are certainly up for grabs. 
is the expectation, John, that a healthy Spalding is just going to be kind of slotted in at uh, at nickel just right out of the gate, and then yeah. as the primary nickel back? Yeah, for for right now, um, you know, I I sensed some hesitancy whether whether I maybe I misread it, may, maybe Torian didn't mean to give it off, but I I sensed a little bit of of hesitancy from from Torian Gray that you know David Spalding is is really uh, truly a hundred percent and, and is going to hold up physically. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but you know, if he's healthy and playing at, at, the, at the level that he played pre-injury, then I, I think that's a, a really good bet, but you've got some guys who can, who can go in there and, and play, play well too. You know, if somebody emerges at safety, you can always put DQ Smith down at that nickel spot, which he started a couple of games at last year and, and, and was pretty good there. And he's obviously grown. Uh, Kawan Banks is, is one who, you know, was thought to have was going to get some, some real reps in, in the bowl game at that nickel position. And uh, so they, they've got some options over there too, but David Spalding is certainly the guy to circle as we sit here today. I'll tell you what guys, you know, as it gets closer and closer, it's, it's hard if you're a South Carolina fan and I'm sure if you're a South Carolina coach, you already feel this way as you see it. It's hard not to feel pretty excited about that secondary. It, it could it, that that group overall with with the safeties and everybody involved could turn out to be a pretty darn good one, uh, and you're going to well, need that in game one. And I think I think part of the reason that you have some comfort there is you've watched Toy and Gray the last two years. Absolutely, I mean, his, his yeah. first year he got on the campus. He had he had Cam Smith who had made some starts, and he had R.J. Roderick and a whole bunch of who uh, mm-hmm. around him. And those guys ended up being really good. And that Jalen Foster guy became an All American. Yeah. So you know, there's there's a, a level of a level of trust that uh, I think folks have in, in Torian Gray that he's going to be able to to piece things together. And we may not know exactly what it's going to look like right now, but but he's going to coach guys up and get guys in the right spot and have them prepared and ready to roll. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. He's um, he he's wow, what a hire by Shane Beamer to get him to Columbia. He's outstanding, unbelievable. All right, John, it's going to be no secret this year. Final question, we'll let you run on this note, but. Carolina returns, people have opened up and, oh, yeah, they are pretty good on the special team side of things. Probably the best overall special teams group in the country last year, coached by the best special teams coordinator in college football. We know it's near and dear to Shane Beamer's heart. Uh, Mitch Jeter, Kai Kroger, we know what they bring to the table. Uh, any young guys that are kind of popping that you've heard of? You know, there there was a time – when special teams, right, John, you, you, you just kind of put guys out there. Hey, don't put anybody out there that's going to get hurt. Now nah, let's not do that. And now it's like, who are the best players we have? We'll put that guy out there. And we, and it's paid off. It's helped them win multiple football games in the last couple of years under Shane Beamer. So anything that you've heard on that front that has stood out thus far? Well, one one thing I was able to gather talking from to Pete Limbo is he's really excited about the group of newcomers that they brought in, mainly because they – They've got a bunch of guys with length. They've got speed. They've got athleticism. They've got length. Like he singled out Pup Howard. He singled out Josh Simon. He singled out Trey Knox. He's, he singled out uh, Nick Harbor. You know, guys like that who can, who who are run, can have, are athletic, have long arms. Have I mean, just he's that's what he's most excited about. Is he's got a different kind of skill set to be able to work with. And you see, you know, we've got a ton of guys who are returning. Uh, on special teams beyond just the kickers and snappers and holders and returners. He said, we got a ton of guys who are returning, but, you know, we might have better guys who can go out there and, and, and play this year. So 
Uh, you know, Pup Howard's one, if I didn't mention him, that, that, that he really likes. And, you know, he's, he'll be out there on several special teams units. And it's, it's a great opportunity, obviously, with, in special teams to, to be able to use some of those freshmen, whether it's red shirt or true freshmen, uh, to go out there and get their feet wet, get them some playing experience. And obviously this is a, a really good, really quality freshman class that they brought in. So, you know, I, I think you're going to see a, a bunch of those guys out there, but you're also going to see the guys like the, uh, the uh, Trey Knox and the Josh Simons and the Reed McKeskas and, and, and guys like that too. I mean, I can't get here soon enough. That is exactly for sure. Who, who's the, who's the fastest guy on the team? Is it Harbor by by a mile? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's Harbor by a mile. He's one of the fastest guys in the world. I think he'll take it. Take uh, take the team title who, too. Who was it last week? Somebody was messing with him that said that they were they had beat him or they hung right there with him or something, and he said. You got to be kidding me! Like he, he <laughs> you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Beamer, wasn't it? No, well, Shane, but uh, it was one of the like maybe even Warrior. One of those guys yeah. was like, I, I mean, almost uh, beat him. Uh, he was like, No, uh, Marion Brown can really fly. I mean, he's he, he's one who who comes to mind uh, immediately is is somebody who can who can get after it really good. Um, I, I I've. I guess he's probably the the first. O- O'Donnell Fortune can can really fly too. You know, I, I don't know who made those comments, but but those are those are the two guys off the top of my head who uh, who who have some real speed. Not not anywhere close to Harbor speed, but have have real speed. Well, seventy six said it was Leggett. Leggett moves too. So yeah, and sometimes with only one shoe. That's where I was going to say. He only he didn't even need two <laughs> he shoes. In another advertising <laughs> about getting in the second shoe. That's right. <laughs> is, and he, he says his last name is actually pronounced Leggett. So, uh, but I can hear it now. Xavier Leggett. Anytime I have to run a hundred yards or more, I take one shoe off. That'd be a pretty good ad, as a matter of fact. John, what's uh, what's ahead this week? What's ahead this week on the Big Spur? Football. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask me this question every week. That's that's going to be what it is. That's right. Um, it know, dominates there, the no... conversation. Yeah. What are you watching for at practice next week, John? A whole, whole lot of stretching. Oh. More stretching. <laughs> I'm going to have to get better at this. There, there is there is open practice today. It's, it's at 2.30 this afternoon, so we'll try to get a good look at Sydney, uh, see, see how he's doing, be sure he's managing okay. Uh, but but no, it, it's uh, open practice today for a little bit, so we'll have photos and and, and analysis and and some some takeaways from from that. Uh, we get to talk to uh, some offensive and defensive players later this week. Uh, scrimmage is is closed door, obviously, to everybody and to the media. So we'll uh, we'll certainly try to have some have some scoop on that uh, is af- after that happens on on Saturday evening. So uh, plenty going on. Uh, there'll there'll be a little bit of of basketball recap over the course of the week too, after their trip to the Bahamas. So, and I, and I've still got to kind of analyze that baseball roster a little bit. I've been pushing that back and meant to get it done before football season, but here we are. So we'll, uh, there, there's plenty going on, but I would say it's going to be about 85 to 90% football and, and, and a little bit of football recruiting. And for those asking, no, John Whittle will not get liquored up at the pregame party in Charlotte and then mosey his way into the press box. No, I'll, I'll do one or the other. We're not really sure yet which one's going to happen. Uh, oh, yeah. Then so, Hale and Alex up there. You just, yeah, that, might be, that might be what it ends up being, but it, it won't be both. I can promise you that. <laughs> Thank you, John. I'll work on my questions next week so I don't look like a jackass again. 
<laughs> Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. There I'll try to make you look better next week. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's right. Do us that. a favor, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, John. Uh, John Whittle with the bigspur.com. Not only is he one heck of a reporter, he apparently is also a comedian. And uh, that is well needed around here from time to time. We need to hit a timeout. Cannot wait for this. Uh, one of the great guys to ever come to the University of South Carolina. Pat DeMarco, talking ball with Pat DeMarco is up next. We are painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something.com. If you live in Georgia or in South Carolina, they'll paint it for you from the mountains to the seas. Let me paint something.com. Hang tight inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barn Co., part of the Chief Sports Network. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. You hear me and see me every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, and it would be an honor to earn your business. I've been around real estate my entire life as it's somewhat of a family business. I work with an elite team of experts from loans to insurance to closing, and they make my clients and my life very easy. It really is elite. Coast to Coast Realty SC.com is where you can find our staff, and you can always reach out to me here as well. Go Gamecocks. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award winning, it'll melt in your mouth, it's good on a cracker, it's good in a bowl, it's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance 
insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style. In seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include a variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Talking Ball with Pat DeMarco on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network. Yeah, man, that career flew by. One of the great ones to ever come through the University of South Carolina. And look how thin he is. He's our dear friend. Man, the geek, you know, what are you eating? Well, are you eating? What are, are you with? Right. <laughs> I'm at home happy here. <laughs> uh, one of the great guys out there, and he's an even better father and husband, Pat DeMarco, and he'll join us every week, and we're thrilled to have him as we approach the 2023 Gamecock football season. What's up, my man? Not too much. You just, uh, I mean, you just showed like all six of my career highlights, so I appreciate that. You're letting the people think that <laughs> I was a lot better than I really was. You got a culmination of all of them. <laughs> Listen, nothing better than that, you know, touchdown to the fullback, you know, gotta love it, gotta love it. And I'm not, I'm not even being facetious. I, I missed the fullback. <laughs> yeah, being a staple in the in the offensive I mean, schemes these days. Fullbacks were like dinosaurs, right? Yeah, man. So. Yeah, I, well, I was when I was I was building that bumper and I had it set out for about a minute and a half. I thought. Damn, yeah, I guess it's going to be about 50, 50 seconds. <laughs> you got. No, I think joking. I have like two other highlights saved on my phone. I'll send them over to you if you want to extend okay. it like maybe eight more seconds. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that'll say, yeah I think the Michael Flint one was like a minute and a half. How'd you just pull that off? <laughs> well, I mean, you're just... making me feel bad, Phil. 
No, 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 that's not you. JB makes them. It was the same play over and over. It was the same. Oh, you just ran the same one over and over. Yeah, that's right. I just, I just kept, uh, I photoshopped different jerseys on him. Nobody picked up. It was the same catch over and over. A lot of him talking to other guys on the sideline. What was the guy's name at Troy that he made that catch over? Oh, I don't remember. McKinnon. Oh, that might have been it. Mm. Yeah, it was a stud. I mean, the pictures, you know, it's in the condo. I mean, you can't turn a corner without seeing that picture in the condo over there at the Flint's place. Oh, that's true. But they've got plenty of pictures of you in there as well. <laughs> yeah, we have good memories during those years. Yeah, great memories. Yeah. By the way, the uh, 2023 preseason coaches poll has just been released. There is no South Carolina in it, but there is a North Carolina. They'll come in at number 20. And uh, no shocker here, but Georgia is at one. The top five, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, and LSU. Clemson comes in at nine, right behind Florida State at eight. Tennessee checks in at number 10. Those are some of the notables. in the um, All right, Pat. Well, we brought you on to talk ball, so that's what we're going to do. And the first thing I want to ask you about is to carry on, whom you know quite well. He's an outstanding kid, and he's done literally everything. He's played every special teams unit he's been the quarterback he's been a wide receiver and as it stands today he's the starting running back at at South Carolina um from the football standpoint of things can you walk us through a little bit of what that transition is like what he's going through what he's been through really this summer to prepare himself for now yeah, I mean, ultimately, he's just a ball player. Um, everywhere we've put him over the, these last four years, he's succeeded at, whether it's front line of kickoff, whether it's off returner, whether it's PP or wing on pump protection. Like, he just shows up and makes plays and does what the coaches ask him to do. Um, and I know that they have extreme confidence in him um, just because he's been so consistent. So, I mean, just for his transition and going from – you know, quarterback to receiver to Mr. Mr. Special Teams to now being tailback. I mean, the beauty is, is he played quarterback and he's learned this is his third offense in four years. So he understands philosophy. He understands patience, defenses, kind of reading the line of scrimmage and all that stuff. So for him, it's I mean, he's a physical kid. Like that. that's why he succeeded running the ball at quarterback, blocking on the perimeter, been an excellent special teams player just because he's physical. And that's just the dynamic of the run game. I think that Dow's going to want to like really stamp down there is our physical presence and getting downhill, taking four yards, breaking a tackle, turning it into eight, um, just stuff like that. And I, I don't think it's going to be a tough transition for him just because he's a ball player. Uh, the quarterback just has to know all 11. Um, so this will actually probably be a lot easier for him just to know just the running back position compared to understand what everybody's doing on every play. So He's going to go out there and he's going to crush it. He's like you said, he's a heck of a heck of a young man, a heck of a football player, a heck of a dad. Um, so I'm 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 really excited for his opportunity. He's um, I mean he's a gamecock through and through. He had every chance to leave this place and go somewhere else, and he's loyal as they come. And um, that's why he's going to go down as one of the best gamecocks to play here. Yeah, he's helped him win a lot of games around here with a lot of big moments. I, you you said a three letter word that that um, really matters. To all three of us here, I know that I think this is the human element that um, gets forgotten uh, with the carry on joiner and others often. And the fact that he is a dad and he has been very public about mm-hmm. when I go out there and play football, I'm playing for that little girl over there. Mm-hmm. And 
I think that matters. I, I'm just one of those people that's a big believer, and I think that that matters and looking forward to that. It also matters that he's got a new offensive coordinator who seemingly, Pat, is is planning on creating and building this offense around the guys that he has and what they're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked to you about this before on here, maybe a couple of months ago, uh, but now it's 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 time to play ball. So what, what what have we been hearing? What have you learned about Dow Loggins? Yeah, I mean he's I mean he's been around the block. He's been in the NFL for over a decade. He's he's you know had a short stand at Penn State, and he was at uh, Arkansas the last two years. I mean he knows the game of football uh, inside and out. I remember he came what three years ago, Shane's first year, and he kind of did a seminar with the offensive coaching staff and. I was glued to the screen and I learned a boatload from him in just those two days that he was here, kind of giving us a tutorial of just running wide zone and mid zone and kind of blocking schemes and how to set stuff up off that. So, I mean, he's, he understands that if you try to put a square head into a circular hole, it ain't going to work. So finding what your players are best at um and putting them in the best positions to succeed it's 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 not rocket science or as coach Burry would say rocket surgery um <laughs> just get, get, give your players the best chance to make plays for you um and, and that's why they're recruited here in the SEC. um that's why they're here in south carolina so um he's going to take advantage of his you know his skill set the guys that we have um and you, just, you know the players at some point have to go out there and make the plays um put them in position you know one-on-one opportunities you got to win um, that's what's going to get you at the next level. If you, if you don't win at the college level, you're not going to have it at the next level. So um, get the guys the ball in space and let them do what they need to do. I know that's what he's planning on doing. I was going to say, Pat, just yeah. directly to that on logins, do you think those years of experience that he's had and, and kind of the different looks of the running backs and backfields that he had through his stint in the league is going to, you know, kind of get him around the curve faster in the college game being offensive coordinator just from that experience to have it to draw from? Yeah, I mean, look at the evolution of that position, too. I mean, you guys, I'm sure, have seen the drama of all these running backs getting franchise tag and not getting big big-time deals. I mean, it's – yeah, it's real. I mean, these guys at the NFL level, they get so beat up and in such a physical position and so demanding that, you know, eight, 10 years in, like, you know, the wheels are starting to churn. Um, so I, I think he understands that, you know, it is a committee. It is a committee thing. And, and yes, the, all the running backs are versatile that we have here and they can do a lot of different things, but they're going to be better at certain stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but but being able to do everything and keep people on their toes is going to set up big plays in the fast game, run game, be able to help you diversify what you want to do offensively. So um, I, I think he's seen it. He's, you know, he's had great running backs in the NFL. Um, you know, he's coached under some stud offensive coordinators in the NFL too, and some stud head coaches too. So he's, he's taken a, a blend of everything he's learned and he's, he's putting it into all this mega database and he's going to come up with some really cool stuff to get our guys a chance to succeed. That voice you hear is Pat DeMarco uh, on Inside the Gamecocks of the Show. It's a new segment. We'll do it every week called Talking Ball. Pat, sometimes I'm going to ask you questions that are pretty much the same question I've already asked, but there are often phrases that get – one of the things that I am really excited to do with you to kind of answer my own question here, but um, is uh, is to help educate fans – and, and allow them to understand the game a little bit more, including myself. 
and and anybody in here and and we can't think of anybody better to do this than you so sometimes i'm going to ask a question that i've probably already asked and you can answer the same way you answered the previous one but there there are also there are terms and phrases and things like that that we'll we'll often hear um and and then those get put out on tweets and message boards and things like that and and nobody actually really knows the hell they're talking about because they've never called a game in their life and probably have never snapped a football but um how can an offensive coordinator help his players i'm talking about all of them the not just the skill guys and the quarterback but the offensive line everybody everybody out there how can an oc help his offense play fast what does that entail well, I mean, there's there's a million different ways to play fast. You can play fast physically, uh, so you can line up and run a play every 10 seconds, or you can play play fast mentally. Uh, you yeah. can call a burst of plays. You can call three plays in a huddle and basically say, hey, we're going to get on the line of scrimmage. We're not going to let the defense sub. We're going to let them get gassed out. And we know these this bundle of plays. It's something we did in Buffalo. Um, and it was very successful, especially kind of getting out and getting fast and having – just basically mastering those three plays and being able to manipulate the fronts and the coverages. Like it's really hard for a defensive coordinator. If you're on the ball, he can't call his plethora of blitzes and coverages. He kind of has to dumb things down. So um, that's a way to do it is just to get lined up on the ball. And then also the old Spurrier model where, where everything was a double cadence of the line of scrimmage. So you get lined up, kind of get the defensive panic mode, make them show their hand. Blue Eddie Blue Eddie said hot. You see kind of the coverage, you see the rotation. Coach Spurrier would send in the play, dial it up, and you'd be able to manipulate what you wanted to get. So, um, I mean, you can do that, but I, I think the the biggest piece of playing fast is is the players playing fast mentally, being able to know right. what they're going to do before the ball snaps. Kind of um, in that instance, that that's where I succeeded. I shoot, I probably barely break a five flat uh, towards the tail end of my career, but mentally, I was able to see a seven technique and I'm like, okay, this ball's going outside or I'm looking at a three technique or a four eye and I'm like, okay, this is my entry point unless he, unless he plays out or in and then I have to adjust. So I think a lot of the playing fast technically isn't done on the practice field. It's done in walkthroughs. It's done in the meeting room. It's done at home when you have your iPad in front of you. It's been, it's being studied and being a student of the game. That's what really allows you to play fast. I mean, you can call plays rapid fire, rapid fire, but if, the F receiver doesn't know where the heck he's lined up. Are you really playing fast? No, right. because you're having quarterbacks having to send him across. And the defense is like, all right, never mind. I want the pressure the other way. Or, hey, we're going to rotate this way. Um, so I think the it, mentally fast is more important than physically fast. Um, and I know Dow, um, just in my short time with him here in South Carolina, he's, he's teaching these guys holistically the game of football, not just – Hey, X receiver, this is what you're doing. X needs to know what Z and F and Y are doing because you get scrambled up and we're in, we're going FIB, field in the boundary, and you get stuck over there and we're trying to go fast. Shoot, F might have to play X, and, and, and he needs to know what he's doing. Um, so I think being a student of the game is what's going to help them play fast and most efficient. On that note, there we did this uh... – a couple of weeks ago, Phil, I, I, I did I did some math, Pat, and I, I actually I was pretty good about it. Uh, the 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 core group in the wide receiver room: Juice Wells, Amarian Brown, Xavier Leggett, as he says, 
Uh, now Eddie Lewis, Trey Knox, and Josh Simon. I know they're listed as tight ends, but let's all be honest. Uh, they're going to be used multiple ways out there. We'll let you talk about them specifically plenty here in the preseason. And then in the running back side, to carry on Juju and Mario Anderson, that is a combined, this is wild, 35 years of college football between that group of young men that I just mentioned. How does that factor into playing fast? I mean, that's repetitions, right? I mean, some good, some bad. Your early years, your freshman, sophomore years, there's going to be a lot of growing pains, but those growing pains carry forward and they help you really thrive later on. So, um, you know, yeah, that's a long time. You know, Trey Knox is going into year four. Um, Eddie transferred in. He's got three or four years. Juju's going into his junior year. Mario did three or four years at Newberry. Um, you know, Juice transferred in from James Madison. Or what, where yeah. did he transfer in from? Yeah, yeah James Madison. Yeah, James Madison. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of ball. Um, and that just helps you play fast. Granted, you have a, you have a new system you got to learn and you have to, and you have to, um, kind of grind out to learn but i mean those just like i'm, I'm saying a repetition in space repetitions the more coverage you, you see the more stunts you see the more pressures you see and that could be right at the d2 level at the at the, even the high school level let's be real like football's football there's still 11 people the field's only so big the hashes might be a little bigger a little smaller but you can only do so much it's a copycat league i used to say that when i was playing going from atlanta to buffalo like sitting there and I'm like, oh, this is that exact same concept we did with Kyle Shanahan, uh, but it's called something a little different. And Dave was like, yeah, I really like that. That's why I put it in our offense now. Um, so it's complicated. You see the same stuff here, there, different language, different lingo. Um, but no, I mean, getting those reps is, is huge and it's it's going to show on Saturdays. Um, and I'm, shoot, I'm excited. I'm, 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 go- I'm planning on going up to Charlotte for game one, watch the Battle of the Carolinas. Uh, I mean, two years ago, it was a pretty epic uh, bowl game up there. So hopefully we can repeat that. Yeah. Well, that'd be sure. nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it would. Uh, yes, it's it would continue what's been a pretty good trend, really, for South Carolina over the years in winning in Charlotte. I know they've had a couple of games they haven't won, but overall they've won the majority. I think they're four and two or something like that up there, Phil. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's pretty good. All right. Um, Nick Harbor. We know he's fast, like really yeah. fast. Have you fast seen him? Have you seen him run, by the way? Have you have you seen him actually top out out there? What does that look like? I haven't seen him top out out of practice. No, I have not. I've, I've seen him do a little bit of training stuff um, from weight room. And, I mean, he can fly. Um, and, <laughs> I mean, he is a giant, too. Be, like, that's not, <laughs> it's not normal for that big of a human being to run that fast and being able to sink and being able to shift and play with leverage and, and do all that. So, he's – I mean, he's definitely a special talent. I'm excited to see it kind of translate onto the football field here in the SEC because, I mean, you just think from a red zone, just strictly a red zone standpoint, like he's a matchup nightmare. Um, and then someone with that size and speed, you also think, you know, usually a big guy like that's a post-up guy. I mean, Alshon wasn't top end crazy fast, neither was D.L. Moore or Tory Gurley, um, but they were that 6'4", six, 6'5", six, frame, 200-plus pounds. Like, they were able to go up and get it. Now you have – you basically have a blend of Alshon Jeffrey and Demir Bird. That's a Ooh. scary human being, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, Demir would take the top off, and if, and if the secondary didn't honor, didn't honor the deep coverage, you know, there's the shot. Now Demir Bird takes the top off, and the safety drops deep, and the corner has to carry. Now Alshon's coming underneath on a basic or a dig, and it's wide open, and it's an explosive. So, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. He, he can – 
he can take the top off, but also he can post people up and go make plays um, kind of in the inter- intermediate area uh, of the defense too. So I'm, I'm excited to watch him. He's definitely going to bring a different element to Carolina football that we haven't seen um, lately. Um, I mean, Brian Edwards could take the top off too. I remember watching him play and, and make some big explosive plays down the field, but also underneath being able to get the ball and make plays with his feet. So, uh, I mean, we, we need to keep bringing in guys like that. <laughs> that yeah. makes the game a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, fastest guy in the in America. Yeah, it'd be nice to yeah. get that dude every year. I, <laughs> and and I think that's what you know. I I, I certainly didn't want to. I want to always be careful, especially with you, because we don't want to. I don't want you to say something, and then we're three games in, and they go, "Well, that damn Demarcus said in August that this is what we should be doing, and that Loggins boy, he ain't doing that. So what are we doing out there? You know, like I don't want to get us in a situation like that at all. But well, I, I mean, do find well, you got yeah. it in that sense. You have to like, you know, Shane Beamer's one that hired him, and Shane okay. Beamer trusts him. And I'm a fan of Shane Beamer. I'm a believer in Shane Beamer, so I'm a believer in Dow Loggins. Um, and there, there's no one way to skin a cat. Obviously, you're going to have to if, – if stuff doesn't succeed right away, I mean, you could have the perfect play drawn up. And if your receiver doesn't make the guy miss and it goes for two yards and if he makes a miss, it's a touchdown, it's not always a scheme thing. Sometimes it's it's the player, and the player has to make the play. Um, so, I mean, I have all the trust in the world of what Dow's doing and, and kind of what Shane's building. Um, so, I mean, these guys, they've been – I mean, I've, I've played football, been playing football since third grade in the NFL for 10 years, college four, you know, coached the last two. So that's 16 years of post high school um, football experience. These guys got a lot more experience than me, though. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, you know, I understand it from a playing standpoint, um, leverage, angles, attitude, that type of stuff. But these guys are a lot more tuned into the schematics and that type of stuff than than I'll ever be. Um, so I have all my trust in, in them. Yeah. I, 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 this, this whole Harbor thing is fascinating to me. I, that's where I, it, it excites you because of what you've heard about coach Loggins. We all know that he's coached uh, the, you know, the best football players in the world. If you play in the NFL, you're, you're one of the best football players in the world. And he's done that for quite some time. And he's got a group of experienced dudes and now talented guys. And, mm-hmm. It's it's going to be pretty neat over the next few weeks to watch how he kind of puts all of this together uh, and uses a guy like Nick Nick Harbor maybe for the success of Juice Wells. You would think it might be the yeah. other way around because Juice has been around a while, but it'll go hand in hand at least I mean, seemingly. You've got to keep keep the defense honest, right? I mean, you put an extra hat in the box, that means run game might be a little thin, but start taking it deep. And then when you start keeping people honest with, Harbor taking the top off and Juice Wells catching bubble screens and softening the box. And then, you know, that's when that's when DK and, and Juju and these guys are run wild. So it's – Just you know, do that not, every time. Yeah, I mean, there's not – you know, each game there's a different way to beat people. There, there, there's a different game plan for each game. Yeah, that'd be easy. Yeah. yeah. Just go like four. Hey, you just run, yeah. just run to the goalpost. Somebody will, somebody will try to catch you and then we'll throw it to someone else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, is that, that simple enough? Yeah, for you, freshman. Yeah, yeah just, just it's, run. It's, just beat the guy you're that's in front of you. And it's like Happy Gilmore. <laughs> it's like Happy Gilmore. Just do. Just, it's easier to do it just in one shot. Why? Why yeah. should we be taking all these other shots? Well, uh, I, I, I revert to what uh, one of my special teams coaches, uh, Keith Armstrong, used to say. Uh, he was our coordinator, special teams coordinator in Atlanta, and he 
so my it was my first or second year in Atlanta. We drafted Vic Beasley. He was, you know, Clemson guy was top ten pick, absolute stud. But he didn't buy into special teams right away. Like he he was very hesitant. He's like, hey, I'm a pass rusher. I'm gonna ten sacks, like special team stuff. That's for the third, fourth, fifth round guys. And Keith Keith would would Keith brought him down, sat him in the special teams meeting right next to him, and he had his special chair every single day. Come on, Vic. Come on. I got your seat right here for you. He calmed down. And I mean, football is man whoop a man's game. And it doesn't matter offense, defense, special teams. It's a lineup and it's a one on one. Impose your will against somebody else. So whether it's Nick Harbour running past somebody, whether it's um, Vershawn Lee at the point of attack, like it's a man whoop a man's game. Um, and you kind of have to have that attitude and that demeanor. Um, and that's. That's what the Pete Limbos, that's what these coaches that, that Coach Beamer's brought in, these are studs. Uh, this is what these guys are teaching. That's the culture that's being uh, developed here. I mean, that's what we had when, during with Coach uh, Coach Spurrier on that group. So uh, I see a lot of carryover um, in just the culture and the attitude and the demeanor and the want to. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch. What What's Limbo like in the locker room, out of curiosity? Um, he is, he's a fireball. Uh, I mean, he is, he, he has his special sauce. He's not the most flashy or the most swaggered guy. He's, you know, he's, he's kind of a nerd, but he's, but he's honestly just himself. Um, and, and, and he wears it and he knows it, but I'll tell you what, he has a way of relating to the players and motivating the players and getting the best out of his players. Um, so I mean, to each their own, like, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, you know, the head coach of San Francisco has his flat bill. Like he has his swagger when it comes to how he looks and how he carries himself. Coach Lemieux could care less about that. As long as he blocks three or four punts a year and pops one big return <laughs> game, he's like, I don't really care about the flash. Like, uh, don't be cute. Be good. Uh, that's another Keith Armstrong phrase. Like, I don't, I don't care about all the extra stuff. Don't be cute. Be good. Like, and, I, and that's limbo doesn't use that, but that is kind of his philosophy, which I've gotten from sitting in his meetings. He's like, all the cute stuff, yeah, just just go beat the guy in front of you, and good stuff's gonna happen. That's funny, Does, one of my favorite sayings last year was, I was like, I think our offensive coordinator is uh, being a bit more cute than creative. <laughs> so it was like, I much prefer creative over cute. <laughs> yeah, it it, it was a little goofy at times would be my anyways. Yeah. Well, um, Pat in, in the NFL, do the, do a lot of the best players, uh, do they play special teams? You got to, I mean, yeah. Unless you're a year, unless you're on your second contract and you're five, six, seven, and you're a perennial pro bowler, um, or just a outright starter. And they've been there for a long time. I mean, like Keith Armstrong would say, you're going to cover a kick. I don't care which way you're going to do. You're going to cover a kick. Um, I mean, I, I played special teams year one to year 10. Um, mm-hmm. And I either played two phases or four phases, whatever was needed of me at, at, at that season. Um, and however I can add value. But it's kind of a way to, to get yourself a chance to get on offense, defense. If you're a second, third teams, offense, defense guy, but you have value on special teams, Coach Beamer watches every special teams play. Our, our our offensive defense coordinators watch all the special teams plays on tape. Like it's not just they don't just only watch offense defense. Like those guys are watching all the special teams clips they're seeing. 
oh shoot, there's you know this is this kid's a sophomore, Richard sophomore. He's flashing. Wow, he's playing physical on special teams. Let me let me see how he's doing in individual drills. Whether he's a DB or linebacker. Okay, shoot, he's really coming along. Let's give him. Let's let's bump him up a team. Let's see how he adjusts to running with the ones on the defense or offense. So there's different ways to add value in that sense. And I mean, honestly, if you're in the NFL and you're not an all pro or you're not on your second contract making bajillions of dollars, if you're not playing on special teams, if you're not in the water too deep on special teams, especially right now when we're talking about an NFL training camp, you're looking around the room, you're saying they're only keeping 53 of these guys. I'm probably not net 53 right now. If I'm not on the two deep on all these special teams. Um, so it's, I mean, and Coach Limbo, he echoes that all the time. I mean, I remember him talking about Nick Muse. Nick Muse was a seventh-round pick two years ago. Um, and, I mean, Limbo would say, you know, Nick was probably a borderline draftable, undrafted free agent guy, but he's a three-phase starter here at South Carolina on special teams. And I guarantee, because he, Coach Limbo did a bunch of interviews with a lot of these uh, head coaches. It was probably a reason why he got drafted because he was versatile and able to do special team stuff and also what he was doing on offense, defense. So um, it definitely carries you forward. And I mean, it was honestly a reason why I hung, out, hung, hung on so long. It's one, leadership, two, value on special teams. Yeah, and that was that was the point of my question because in the NFL, if, if you have to do that in the NFL, uh, the good units in college football generally have their better players on special teams last year, South Carolina had the best special teams unit in the country and they probably have the best special teams coach in the country as well. And then you also got all these other guys, you know, starting with Beamer, of course, has special teams experience, but I, I always, I I think the question gets at, and we'll let you run on this then. I know we got to get you out of here, but, but sometimes I, I think it's a, it's a common misnomer, um, that people assume if you're a defensive guy or an offensive guy, but you're also playing special teams, Maybe you could at times be spread a little bit too thin, but I've heard it's quite the opposite where you're you're totally engaged. It actually makes you a better football player to be part of the special teams unit in addition to whatever position group you're in. 100%, especially under Coach Limbo. Like his philosophy and how he coaches stuff, it completely translates. Playing in speed, playing in power, having leverage, getting leverage, different things. Just the way he coaches and schemes it up, it is – I mean, I remember him showing clips of what a linebacker was doing in individual drills and how it completely transferred over to pump protection or how we had a, a defensive end kind of dip, dip and drive to get around a block, how that translated to punt block. Um, so he's coaching the same. There's a lot of carryover. He's coaching a lot of the same things that our, that our defensive coaches and offensive coaches are coaching in individual drills. Um, so, I mean, it's just – it's extra reps, right? It, like – you can get better at offense, defense during special teams period. Playing in speed, playing in power, delivering the blow, running your feet on contact, different stuff like that. So, um, no, it's if if you're not playing on special teams, if you're not on, if you're not even considered to be on punt protection in the college level on the one or two deep, you probably and, and, and you're a good player, a good core player. It's probably going to be hard for you to make an NFL roster. Like that is the most important. If you get a punt blocked, I think it was in the NFL. If you get a punt blocked in an NFL game, it was like you have a, or if you block a punt, you have an 87% chance to win or something along the lines of that. So you're going to put your most trustworthy, consistent guys on your punt protection team to make sure you don't give up 87% chance of losing. 
Um, so, I mean, hopefully there's some high school and college kids that might listen to this and just realize that buckle up and get on the one or two deep on pump protection because that's your best ticket to moving forward because you're trustworthy, you're consistent. Um, uh, I mean, that was – I mean, I was I played four different positions on punt. I played guard, tackle, wing, and PP during my NFL time. I played all four, um, and that that's what let me do it for so long. Well, that's that really makes me feel a lot worse about the 2000 uh, Florida South Carolina game when Derek Watson blocked two punts and Carolina was winning 21 to three, and Spurrier ended up coming back and winning the game 48 to three. Or whatever, 48, 48 to twenty one, whatever the hell it was. They blocked no. two punts in the first half, and no. still gave up like forty something. But that was the the golden age of Steve Spurrier. Um, Pat, how's your golf game? Um, decent. I'm kind of hovering around our two or three handicap. Um, uh, we got to get you with once smoke. a week right now. The match: Pat Demarco versus Justin Smoke. Ooh, let's make that happen. There you go. We can do it. We'll, uh, we'll, yeah, play by play in the whole nine yards. I mean, I'll play, but Justin doesn't want to play with me anymore, so I have to play with you now. He's mad at me because we the last match we played, I didn't hit a putt on the 18th, and uh, we lost, so he, he doesn't want to play with me anymore. Well, last time we talked, you weren't hitting the driver. The driver wasn't timeout. Is the no. driver out of timeout? <laughs> uh, the, no, the driver's all right. It's it's now it's it's you know you just don't it's golf you don't ever know your uncle Chris knows one day the putter works the next day it doesn't right I mean so you know I played played whistling straights two weeks ago two three weeks ago up in Wisconsin and shot seventy one shot thirty three on the front had four birdies uh, hit dang near every fairway made every putt inside of ten feet and then I played last Friday um, right here in Columbia and I shot. 80 and didn't make a putt inside of 10 feet so see some yeah. days they fall some days they don't <laughs> all right so let me we're gonna sandbag smoky on this we'll set up a match and i'll just tell him oh look i'll play with with pat he's like a 13 handicap and and uh, we'll just try to grind our way through it out there and then we'll <laughs> kick his ass and, and take all his money at the end and yeah uh, i'm sure he wants some nfl money we want some nlb money <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right hey man can't uh cannot wait to get you get you back in next week uh one of the names that we did not bring up today is a guy named spencer rattler so we'll hold off to talk about him and that offensive line give them a little bit more time to to gel here here early in practice and uh and start to fuss and discuss what some of those guys are doing and, and what that could look like but as always wonderful wonderful stuff and uh you're looking good brother we'll see you here pretty soon sounds good appreciate it fellas there you go. Pat DeMarco Thanks, talking Pat. ball with Pat DeMarco on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Make sure you've downloaded the app. It is free in every app store known to man, the Chief Sports app. So you can watch and listen to our show, JC and Morgan. Check out all of our partners that are on there and much, much more. Download it right now, the Chief Sports app. Hang tight. We've got to hit a timeout. We'll be right back. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. (laughs) 
Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. I'm uh speaking of golf, uh Craig asked what's uh, what's Uncle Chris up to? That would be Chris DeMarco, Pat's uncle. Oh, he's just playing golf, you know, living the life. You get out there and play every once in a while, and this, that, and the other. Yeah, and this, that, and the other. Uh maybe we maybe uh so I'm I'm working on getting Pat a membership with Traveling Country Club. Uh, because he we're I was telling him, I said, Man, I gotta get you in this, man. It's Anywhere you go, pretty much, you know, between the two states, or you want to take a day trip just to go play a new course or something, and here are all the deals and this, that, and the other. And um, so we're working on doing that and then creating like a little traveling group, probably more so for like the spring than anything and summer, because you can't really do it in the fall unless it's maybe an away weekend. But just hit up all these different courses, like Craig's here in the chat box you said he's going to play four different courses in myrtle beach this weekend craig i hope one of them is true blue or caledonia i'm sure you've played those though um so we're working on putting together like a little group we'll go around play santee we'll go up to waynesville we'll go to uh you know mount mitchell we'll go you know outside you know the greenville area easily some of those courses some of the midlands courses come down here play stono or wherever so we're pretty uh pretty fired up about that traveling country club is the coolest thing out there in the area in golf traveling country club dot com they are teeing up pre-season camp coverage here on inside the gamecocks the show 
uh, yeah, JC's fine. He's uh, he's been traveling. He's actually uh, in the state and has some things that kind of come up that he's got to work through. And uh, we'll get him in tomorrow. He'll be doing a lot of traveling this week, actually back and forth, and then be kind of settling in Columbia uh, for a couple of weeks here soon. And then he'll go back up. And then he, guess what? He'll be right back down because we'll be playing football in Charlotte, uh, Phil, in 24, what, 20? I don't know what that is. 26 Just days. Leaves, 24, 5, 6 days. Yeah, 26 days. 26 days. So yeah. um, that'll be fun. It's going to be. Uh... A really good time. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah I'm it's, excited it, about the uh, Carolina Rise tailgate. Yes, um, and I know that. Well, it's got to be more than. Well, I don't want to. I don't. Never mind. I'm not going to say a number, but yeah. According to that text that he sent us the other night. Uh, when was that, Phil? Was that Thursday? Is Wednesday or Thursday last week? It's Thursday, right? I think it was Thursday. I mean, there's this is going to be a really, really good time. So, um, you know, get your get your tickets quickly if you haven't done so. There, I think there's a link still on the bigspur.com to do that. Yeah. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and certainly look forward to meeting uh, many of you and uh, watching watching some ball that day. As we uh, pointed out here, oh, happy birthday, Bill. Happy yeah, 54th birthday. Now. And happy Craig birthday. said that he's playing four courses this weekend for his 50th birthday. Holy smokes. You boys are getting old. But happy birthday nonetheless. Uh, I never would have thought you were 50 years old, Craig. <laughs> BRC is coming to the tailgate too. Fantastic. Nice. Um, mentioned a little bit ago that the USA Today sports uh, preseason coaches poll is out. And uh, of the 66 first place votes, the Georgia Bulldogs received 61, Bama received four, and Ohio State uh, did receive a vote. South Carolina, for what it's worth, did receive 89 votes, or 89 points, I should say. Uh, And so that puts them at 27th, which is just outside of the top 25, but if you are an SEC fan uh, and are interested, you've got Georgia at number one, Alabama at number three, LSU at number five, and Tennessee at number 10. So four of the top 10, three of the top five are out of the Southeastern Conference. And then following that of teams that are currently in the SEC, Ole Miss checks in at number 22, and uh, Texas A&M checks in at number 25. Interestingly here, uh, Texas, by the way, is at 12, and Oklahoma is at 19, although they're not part of the league this year. Right behind the Gamecocks are the Florida Gators with 63 points. And just a couple of – or three – or, excuse me, four behind them. So that would hit Florida at, what, 28th? You've got – Texas, San Antonio, Pittsburgh, UCLA, and then the Kentucky Wildcats at 34. And not far behind them is Arkansas and Auburn. So, I don't know. And, you know, them, Mississippi State got 13 votes. Missouri got 11 votes. What that tells me is that the SEC, everybody knows who the top three teams are, or at least they think they know who the top three teams are. 
probably the top four if you want to include Tennessee in that. And then they don't know what the hell to think. That's what it tells me. Yeah, man, that's uh, the middle of the pack in the East is just a, a jumble. It really is. Again, I mean, it was the same thing kind of going into last year, just kind of a toss up after the top two, I think. But Tennessee was more of a question mark heading into last year, too. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like Georgia and then, you know, draw everybody else out of a hat, Vandy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now everybody seems to think it's, you know, Georgia, Tennessee, maybe a lean for South Carolina, and then everybody else, Vandy. Uh, but uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Do you remember when the top kind of got blown off the the uh, the backdoor secret to voting in the coaches poll? Do you remember that? Oh, like how few coaches actually fill this ballot out? Yeah. Is that what you well, <laughs> a, lot, a, a lot of that came up uh, when Coach Spurrier was questioned about a vote that was on his ballot. And he said, well, dang, I didn't even know I did that. I had old whoever yeah. filled it out. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it was Jamie Speronis. It, it might have been Jamie. But Jamie's you know, pretty sharp now, so I'm not sure who it was. I can't remember back that far. And then people started going, well, now, wait a second here. These coaches aren't even filling out the ballots? And I could probably hear Steve now if he's sitting in his office. Hey, Coach, what do you think about so-and-so at 17? Well, that sounds right pretty good. You might hand me one of them Coors Originals over there. <laughs> sure, well, All right, not? Coach. Are you, so you're you're good with uh, you're good with UConn at seventeen. Yeah, that sounds good. How many games they won this year? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because yeah. you'd, you'd hear all those arguments. It was like, well, I put more faith in the coaches' poll than I do in the you know the AP because that's you know those guys know in the AP they're just writers. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, well, it's you well, know, I mean, and look, here's the thing, like Craig the said, USA the Today, you know, grad assistants poll. <laughs> Right. Craig Craig said the SIDs vote. True in some instances. It's not at every school. Uh, And, you know, so you've got, but nobody, none of these guys, none of these guys have the time to vote on this. Like, none of them do. So if you stop Coach Beamer today, I don't even think he's on this year's board of coaches, though, because there's 60 what is there, 66 coaches that that vote on it? Something like that? Uh, 63. All right, so there's 63, and I don't think Beamer, shoot, for that matter, I don't think uh, Dabo is one of them. I don't think either one of them has a vote. And I'm not ever sure. I don't. I have no idea how this is chosen every year. But um, it, anyways, at the end of the day, you know, like Saban, for instance, let's not even use the Beamer reference. Let's use Saban. <laughs> hey, Nick, uh, can you let us know what your top 25 ballot was this week? Could you imagine the response? You know, I mean, like, really? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, like hey, he ain't sitting around going, well, I'll tell you what. Let's see here. Um, I guess I'll put Tulane at 23. I well, was just sitting here thinking well, Tulane. I was like, no, Tulane needs some representation in this know. top 25. So I'm going to slide. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, this is, boy, this is a toughie here. Maybe we should do, uh, okay, I tell you what, go ahead and put, um, yeah, 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 put Oregon State at 18, and then we'll slide to, 
these guys don't have time for that. No, no, they have none of it, you know? So I, I don't know. I, I don't. And even the SIDs don't, I mean, you know, Steve Fink is as fine of an SID as there is in America. That's why they were one of the 11 programs to win a major award for the, uh, for the, um, in sports information department uh, across college athletics and, and well-deserving. I mean, he, his, he, under his leadership is it's really good. It, it's South Carolina. Um, Coach Fink didn't have time to sit around all day and come up with some poll to go out on August the 7th. I mean, he, but I bet you if he did, you know, he'd be sitting there going, well, wait a second here. Um, let's see, you know, let's see. A&M, how many games they win last year? Five. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, I'd like to say maybe South Carolina should be in the top 25. I don't care that they're not in there. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But um, kind of yeah, like anyway. they're not, you know, one of those yeah, situations it's, where it's like, hey, all right, more disrespect. Keep heaping it on there. Yeah, I, you, <laughs> I, 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 I think if there's like if I asked you if you've, you know, you've got the poll pulled up here, do you see anything that really – stands out something that might be a little bit surprising I, I would say the one thing that would be a little bit surprising to me would be Oklahoma at 19 um I just yeah know, I think uh, Oklahoma getting a bit more love than I kind of figured they would I know there's a lot of hype around fickle in Wisconsin so I'm not sure how much of that is actually real or just you know been talked up for six months I mean and Quite frankly, I don't know anything about Texas Tech. So, them <laughs> being at twenty four, I mean, I don't know what to think about that. So, I don't either. Is Tulane just getting love? Because I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. Well, I think I they return like. I know they lost something. some big guys. Yeah, yeah but I, I think they, re- but I think they return like something like sixteen starters or something too. So yeah, so, but, I mean that. Could justify I mean, I a preseason it. ranking. I'd give you that, especially with their finish last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean, I understand it. I, I, I think, uh, you know, Oklahoma is an interesting case um, because you know Brent is already a guy that that well, look, they they had a losing record last year. I mean, so that that doesn't or that doesn't well te- to them that doesn't happen in Norman, you know, and yeah. so. You know, you're talking about you're talking about a team that's going to open up this year. They're going to beat Arkansas State. Well, they should beat Arkansas State in Week One, and then you've got really three strange games. You got SMU, then you go to Tulsa, which is think about that for a second. You got the University of Oklahoma going to Tulsa, Oklahoma, in Week Three. Oh, it's away. Yeah, yeah, I see that on now. the road. Yeah, look at that. It's on the road at Tulsa. Like that would be like uh Clemson or South Carolina going to Coastal. You know, that ain't happening. Yeah. You, or, you know what you I mean? Know, so Carolina playing at app, which of course keeps getting kicked down the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna so get kicked forever. out eventually. But then after <laughs> that <laughs> But then after that, guess where they go? They go to Cincinnati. So you have yeah, got Cincinnati, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Like any Oklahoma fans going to look at that and go, "We're opening the season four and zero." But if you don't, and then you've got Iowa State afterwards, and you just don't ever know. I mean, I I think that um, that you know Iowa State. I, I don't know what to think about Cyclones this year. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, it, look, Matt Campbell, I feel like, kind of missed his window a couple of years ago to, to yeah. take some money and dip out of there. But you just don't know. But then after that, they've got Texas. I mean, it's 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 kind of a strange situation. Remember that Cincinnati game? That is a Big 12 league game because Cincinnati's in the Big 12 now. So when you first glance, glance at that, you go, oh, they got four non-cons to open the year. No, they don't. Um, they've got three, and then they've got Cincinnati, and it's kind of a weird situation with Iowa State and Texas and then UCF coming to Norman, who also, by the way, is part of the Big 12, and that's Gus Malzahn and him and Brent Venables know each other. So it's it's a very strange schedule for Oklahoma. So, you know, they're, they're probably going to have plenty of opportunities to be a top-20 team, but they're going to have plenty of opportunities to also – uh, really kind of fall flat on their face as well. So, yeah, and finish the year with BYU and TCU too. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's right. it's it's going to be interesting. I think you know the Oklahoma yeah, fans at, at BYU in in uh, November. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Utah in November. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh. You got I, I like in the oh uh, the Oklahoma folks. You know, in their situation with Brent Venables to Florida and Billy Napier, like if are they are they willing to stomach another bad year heading into the mm. SEC, or are they going to just be like, no, uh, uh-uh, if you if you put up another five hundred or worse season, you're gone. I don't know what the buyout is, but I just don't feel like that fan base is going to be happy with two mediocre seasons in a row. No, they won. <laughs> I mean, they only lost two games a year from 2015 to what 2021, and then six and seven last year. If he's under 500, yeah. uh, if but I, you know, if him and Billy Napier are under 500 this year, I think there's a good chance both of them are looking for other jobs. I'm serious. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, no, I, I'm, I'm I, with you. I, I, I hate think... to say that. I think it's ridiculous after two years, but I think that would happen. No, I think you just the outcry from the fan bases and and the the what's probably unreasonable expectations for both uh, from both put them, put them on the street. So to speak, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got pretty nice parachute and padding not you got on that street. Yeah. No, not, no, no, not Brent, man. He's just no. going to be, you know, what's happening with Brent. He'll just be hopping right come, back to Clemson. Man, He'll be come on uh, back. And uh, yeah. oh, oh, whatever the boy's name is that they promoted to DC. Yeah. Be gone. Yeah. 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 See ya. <laughs> right. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. See ya. You're out. All right, we got to hit our final quick timeout news on Juice Wells when we return. Hey, everybody, this is Mo Coppa from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to letmepaintsomething.com to check them out. Go, Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. Letmepaintsomething.com. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 
414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream, and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barn Doe Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go game Pops. Final quick segment here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network, built by the Barndo Co. The Barndominiumco.com, where you build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. And we just cannot thank Matt Vaughn and Signer. If anybody, if you need any sign at all, like anything, a sign or a car wrap or anything in the sign industry, there is literally nobody better. There's nobody better. We use them. Everybody, everybody uses them. University of South Carolina uses them. It is Sinorama in West Columbia, so spread the news uh, quickly. All right, uh, speaking of spreading the news, Phil, news from the University of South Carolina. Juice Wells has been, no shocker here, named one of 49 players to the 2023 preseason Bolitnikoff Award watch list. Um, He is part of a boatload of players that are getting some preseason recognition. Nikki Miwari is uh, on the watch list for the Bronco Nagurski Award, which is the nation's most outstanding defensive player. Uh, Tonka Hemingway has been named to the watch list for the Outland Trophy, which is the nation's most outstanding interior lineman. Mitch Jeter, place kicker, has been named to the Lou Groza Award watch list. You should know what that is. Uh, to carry on Joyner is up for the Warfel trophy named after Danny Warfel community service service with athletic and ath- with athletic and academic achievement tight end Trey Knox has been named to the Mackey award watch list most outstanding tight end in the country Kai Kroger is on the Ray Guy award watch list Spencer Rattler is on the Maxwell award watch list as is Juice Wells in addition to the Blitnikoff award and long snapper and Columbia native Hunter Rogers, the nation's top long snapper award is called the Manly Award. He is on that. Tomorrow, 
the nation's best quarterback watch list, the Davy O'Brien Award. That will be out. The Doker Award will be announced. Uh, that watch list will come out on Wednesday. The Butkus Award for the nation's best linebacker will be announced on Thursday, as it will be the Jim Thorpe Award, which goes to the best DB in the country. The Walter Camp Award watch list comes out on Friday for the most outstanding player. And the Bednarik Award for the best defensive player in college football, that one comes out next Monday. Hmm. So how many Already, is that? Though, catching a lot of preseason love. What one, two, three, seven, nine individual players? Nine, nine. Yeah, that's nice. pretty good. I think you take that when you can only you know start twenty-two. Not considering, of course, special teams. So you got uh, two from special teams on there. Uh, three, three. Bad Mitch, yeah. Yeah, Sorry. three. You got Jeter, Kroger, and uh, Hunter mm-hmm. Rogers. And yeah, I was still salty about that Ray guy stuff. So we'll see. Yeah, I remember last year when Beamer said, Does it, do, "Do these guys even watch the games?" Yeah, no. <laughs> there was a Actually, resounding answer there. Shane <laughs> which is obvious. <laughs> Shane, you nailed it. <laughs> It's All interesting right. that coaches poll top twenty five. Actually, uh, Iowa was sitting at twenty six. So I just wondering what people are expecting from the uh, Hawkeyes this year. You know, if I've learned anything, I've learned this: preseason polls mean not a daggum thing. Yeah. How many times has right. Texas A and M been in the top five in the last like five or six years? Finished. Woo. Seven and five. We did it again, boys. All right. As Keith likes to say, oh, four lost Jimbo. We'll see. We'll see if he can break that, break that tradition this year. I wonder how many times these reporters over there can ask differently the same question. Essentially, who's in charge of the offense? And this weekend, old, old, uh, old neck brace Petrino, uh, he, uh, he said, look, I work for him. Yeah. I'm here to do whatever he tells me to do. What are you, Forrest Gump? Shut up. <laughs> You're here to do the best job for him. I'm here to do whatever you tell me to, Drill Sergeant. <laughs> we'll see. That's a, you know, that's like an arranged marriage. You know, like that thing, it, it, it could blossom over, you know, time, but it could really just blow up and be ugly. <laughs> it could get bad real quick. It get real bad real quick. <laughs> you know, what that's going to be one of the most watched sidelines in college football, right? Just to see. I don't know yeah. if Petrino's going to be on the field or if he's going to be in the booth, but if he's on the field, I you know those two are going to be. Anytime they look at each other crossways is going to make news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of them, you know, somebody throws a pick or something ridiculous happens. And, yeah, it's. I'll be anxious to see where game day ends up week two. Um, you know, there, there's, there's some options, but it, it, it's, you know, if Miami and A&M are both one and O, which they should be, you know, that, that, that certainly could be a game that they look at. My money is on Texas at Alabama, but you never know. (laughs) All right. Thanks to the great John is can't miss, you know, if you miss John, you want to go back. He's quite the jokester. And if you missed Talking Ball with Pat DeMarco, I promise you, you, you'll learn something there. He'll be on every week with us throughout football season. We really cannot wait for that. 
Uh, he joined us at the top of the noon hour. Tomorrow is Tuesday. That means that uh, Hale McGranahan will be here, and we look forward to him and JC returning as well. Hope you all have a marvelous Monday afternoon. Thanks to Phil for doing what he does, and we'll see you tomorrow. This is Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios, built by the Barndoco and part of the Chief Sports Network. Download the app now.